Welcome to Generation Why Am I Like This? I'm Alec. I'm Casey. And I'm Liz. And this is the podcast where we look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments from our childhoods. I hope everyone is having a lovely beginning to their holiday season. I know by the time this episode comes out, I believe we're on the last night of Hanukkah. So I hope everyone's enjoying that. We're gearing up for Christmas, of course, Kwanzaa shortly after, New Year's, and hopefully we'll have a wonderful. 2021 it can only go up from here you already ruined it anyway all that aside this week uh i wanted us to talk about christmas at peewee's playhouse the christmas special uh of the 1980s classic saturday morning whatever you want to call it uh aka peewee's fever dream oh my god it's so good it's like a gay 80s fever dream you're right you're so right it's really fun uh i so i have to admit something this is slightly cheating on my part because i don't personally ever remember seeing this exact special as a kid um i did see some episodes of peewee's playhouse uh i didn't watch it religiously it was obviously a little before my time but i did see peewee's big adventure when I was quite young with my father, he, my dad had really weird tastes and things. Like I watched Rocky Horror Picture Show with him when I was probably like eight or nine, <laughs> but he also was the one that showed me Pink Floyd's The Wall around that age. So you know, a lot of uh, a lot of things going on there. Sometimes you're just enthusiastic and you just gotta <laughs> share stuff. I guess so. He just had weird tastes in television and movies, uh, but I was happy to discover Pee Wee and I realized i saw this on netflix um it was around the time we moved to new york city and it's since then it's been like a yearly tradition that we watch it around christmas uh it's a blast to watch that's a little of my background with peewee uh what about the two of you casey what's your experience with peewee herman <laughs> well so i saw peewee's big adventure growing up i liked the movie quite a bit i remember often trying to watch episodes of Pee-wee's Playhouse, but honestly, as strange as this sounds, getting bored of it. (laughs) Wow. Apparently their quick little vignette styles just did not keep my attention because I'm just a long-form narrative kind of boy, and I've always been that way. Uh (laughs) Okay. And Liz, what about you? So I don't have a lot of childhood Pee-wee memories. Um... I do think that I saw the movie uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure uh, when I was younger, but I don't remember, like, I don't specifically remember watching it or experiencing it. So when the Alamo Drafthouse first came to Kansas City, uh, one of their early movies was Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and they played it outside. And I dressed up as Pee-wee to go to that. It was such a good costume. <laughs> and uh, I like, can vividly picture you in that. Yeah, it, it so was good. a fun one. And so I actually, while I was at that movie, um, and I met and talked to the guy that was like managing the Alamo at the time. And uh, that's kind of how I ended up getting my job hosting movies at the Alamo. So, I mean, kind of fun, weird uh, connection. So, yeah, well, I'm glad that both of you have at least a little experience. You're not coming into this completely blind. It's a wild ride, but you kind of sort of know what to expect, even though there's surprises around every corner in the special. Um, But I am going to talk real quick just a little bit of the history and some facts about Pee-Wee's Playhouse in general, just because some people might not be so familiar with it. So it was a Saturday morning TV series that ran uh, between the years of 1986 to 1990. It was adapted from a stage show that Paul Rubens, who created the show and the character of Pee Wee Herman, started. He was a comedian and uh, a member of the Groundlings uh, improv group in Los Angeles, which is where he met a lot of the people who he partnered with on the show. And a lot of those people come back as uh, supporting characters within Pee Wee's Playhouse, which is really fun. Um, After the success of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which came before the series, which I was surprised to learn. I didn't know that. Um, They decided to produce, uh, CBS decided to pick up the show and produce it. They gave him apparently a budget of $325,000 per episode, which 
what I've always imagined the show was just very low budget kind of slapped together. And maybe that is low budget for TV. I have no clue, but it seems like a lot of money to me, especially when you have the playhouse, like you build a playhouse once and you like add things into it. But I know it obviously there was must have been a massive crew and artist team that did all the puppetry and yeah it uh, it all comes down to paying all the individual people like because when you really think about paying on those individual people yeah. and their you know fee per episode yeah that makes sense i don't know I, I would say it's probably like average for that type of show like um i also never thought too they also do cartoons and claymation which yeah both of those are expensive things to produce yeah. even for like a 30 second clips right that's true and they do like the uh the king of cartoons usually uses like old like like i don't know 40s era cartoons very vintage ones so those are obviously already Mm -hmm. made but i'm sure they probably have to pay some rights and royalties on those Um, yeah but yeah that is a good point i didn't think about i mean yeah still a lot of money i I wouldn't mind having that i could we could produce (laughs) some cool shit with that much money you know so as we have mentioned, the show basically features some live action storylines revolving around PUB, who's this kind of, I mean, Paul Rubens is a grown ass man playing this character, but PUB's kind of like this childlike uh, figure. I don't know. He has this playhouse and it's all very imaginative and fun. Um, but then they also include a lot of puppetry. There's a lot of characters within the playhouse that are just... <laughs> weird ass puppets there's terry the pterodactyl there's cherry who's literally just a big armchair that talks uh i love cherry um and then they also include a lot of animation claymation things like that throughout each episode which we also see a lot of that in this christmas special we're talking about today as i mentioned before he used a lot of his friends that he had worked with um in the groundlings group uh some of them where Phil Hartman was in the first season as a reoccurring character. Uh, Lynn Marie Stewart, who we see as Miss Yvonne in this uh, special, and she's throughout the rest of the series as well. And I think the most notable one for me is Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> yes. who plays Cowboy Curtis. Yes. Uh, who might... It's really, really a competition of style in this Christmas special because everyone looks so good and there's so many iconic yeah, outfits. The scarf but I love Cowboy so Curtis's outfit. That, like purple duster and like the pink vest it's it's a great look um, also we... how dare lawrence fishburne look so good in general he, oh my god he looks so good uh his jawline's ridiculous and i just <laughs> stared at them the whole time where i was like what is going on we're gonna have a hard time picking um uh, visual companion pictures because there's so many things i feel like people just need to see yeah alec and i had already texted a little bit but this is also going to be a thirsty episode too. Apparently. Oh, oh hell yeah! I'm sorry, Liz. You have to deal with us. <laughs> um, and I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about was that they actually uh, revived the stage show aspect of Pee Wee's Playhouse, or I should say, they brought Pee Wee's Playhouse um, to the stage as a Broadway show in 2010. There's actually a professional recording um, that's been produced. It's on DVD. I was able to rent it from a library, a public library, many, many years ago. So I would be very surprised if it wasn't floating around online somewhere. Um, But it's so fascinating to me personally. I love set design and just seeing how they translated it to the stage. It's pretty accurate i think to what you see on tv how the layout of the playhouse is but just knowing that that was a physical manifestation of the thing that was manipulated every night on stage is so fun to me and like all the weird little quirks and things that um come to life within the playhouse i i'll try to find a link to it and send uh to you casey liz because it's so fun to watch it's like an hour and a half like no intermission it's super fun was it still like a kid show or was it like an adult version of peewee's playhouse it was very much Pee-wee's Playhouse, but they knew that the audience was going to be the people who grew up on Pee-wee's Playhouse. So, I I mean, Pee-wee's Playhouse originated as more, not like dirty, but like it was more like adult-oriented. Um, but then when he obviously got the deal to do the Saturday morning show, it was more geared for kids. And I think they kind of reverted a little bit back to the adult audiences for the Broadway production. It's like I said, it's not necessarily dirty, dirty, but, you know, there's a lot more jokes, I think, that people who grew up with the show and who are, you know, in their 20s and 30s will get more than kids. I don't think a lot of kids came to see the Broadway show of Pee-wee's Playhouse. So, like, Miss Yvonne is just totally kinky. She's just (laughs) leaning into it. I think Miss Yvonne should just say exactly the same, because she is kinky as shit in this special. (laughs) 
when Flory is like, come stand over me, Miss Yvonne. <laughs> I, always, I wrote that line uh, down. I was like, what am I watching? I lose it every time I see that. I'm like, wait, how did this get included? Uh, whatever. The 80s was just the wild, wild west for children's television. It's great. Oh, my God. Is there anything the two of you want to add before we get into Let's the just get into it, special? Honestly. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I've said this before, but the plot for this episode, like the overarching plot, can literally be boiled down to like one sentence. And that's just that Pee-wee's kind of like a brat who wants every toy for Christmas. And he's writing a long list to Santa. And then uh, he learns a lesson. Like there's a moral in the end. And he like is like, oh, I have to you know share the wealth and be kind to everyone um so yeah that's basically the overarching plot and it's just a vehicle to like do special guests after special guest after special guest so i'm mostly just going to be hitting the the guests <laughs> as they come. um just gonna be hitting those guests <laughs> just hitting them here we go uh so we open with a uh, very beautiful choral rendition yeah. of, like the marine corps choir i don't know they don't really say who they are but it's just like these men in like formal marine uniforms you know with their hats and they're all standing very stoically singing this song that seems to have been written especially for the special about peewee's playhouse uh and then it turns into like a fun kind of rock song with these uh dream girls-esque mm-hmm. women that also back them up. I don't know. It's it's a fun intro to the show. So it's the thing with Pee Wee. Whereas like I again, I've, I saw the show as like a kid. I kind of knew what I was walking into. But like every other thing with Pee Wee, there's no way to prepare for it. So mm-hmm. when I was like, okay, like let's see a normal Pee Wee kind of intro, and it's like, no, there's a whole bunch of Marines singing no. right now, and like a choir. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make much sense, but that's kind of what you have uh... to get ready for. <laughs> I'd say it's an accurate uh, introduction to not only the episode, but the show in general. It just escalates from here, too. Like, this is, like, point zero for the show, and it just, like, keeps on rising and weird. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, I might have, during the course of this, skip over a couple little things. And if I do and you want to talk about something, just bring it up. But I'm I'm going to jump straight to Miss Yvonne, who is one of the first... Uh, characters we jump to uh, in the special she is of course a reoccurring character that was played by uh, Lynn Marie Stewart I think she does a fantastic job she's just kind of like this hoochie for lack of a better word Um, she's camp like 100% camp yeah it's so so great her outfit is straight like stolen from a drag queen like oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah like she has like a beehive that's kind of decorated like a Christmas tree and there's a big um circle skirt on it's so good and there's so much sexual tension between her and literally every object in the room in that yeah like (laughs) like i said a little bit ago there's a character called flory who's like a section of the floor that is just i don't know like anthropomorphic that is actually the word i was looking for thank you um and at the end of her segment he's just like hey miss yvonne come stand over me i'm like (laughs) wow <laughs> well and like the fish are like come over here and let's give you a big wet kiss oh yeah it's like and she's game for it you know i'm i'm just like happy for miss yvonne to take charge of her own sexuality and i love it <laughs> she literally says there's enough of me to go around and i was yeah. like i and yes there is there is i love miss yvonne she yeah, get it great. she is getting it <laughs> She is getting it. And she deserves every bit of it. Um, this is also the beginning of the gag. There's a running gag through the whole episode where everyone is bringing presents to Pee Wee and he's giving them presents. Um, but everyone gives Pee Wee. Yeah, fruitcake fruit sucks. Um, yeah. And I feel like this is something I saw a lot in like 80s and 90s television where like oh, yeah. fruitcake was the worst. Everyone got fruitcake and it was always like hard as a brick and sucked. And I'm like, what are your guys' opinion on fruitcake? I personally don't remember having a lot of fruitcake but the fruitcake i had was fine i've literally never had fruitcake it's just like a sweet bread it's like kind of it's like a, what you would expect from like a banana bread but you know there's like yeah. fruit cocktail mixed into it yeah i prefer whenever people have made it with like fresh fruit as opposed to like the little weird jellies that you can buy yeah yeah but i've never had one that's like tough as a brick so i don't know that must have been a thing in the 80s of people making a whole bunch of bread and they were I really bad so. at it yeah. because they didn't have youtube Well, to be fair, the 80s comes out of the 70s and 60s, which is when we had some really freaking disgusting foods, like (laughs) a jello mold with SpaghettiOs in it and like 
lined with Vienna sausages. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like some of those old retro like party foods, like or like mayonnaise and bologna cake, where they just like layered pieces of bologna with mayonnaise and like made a cake out. I mean, yeah. So it basically looks like one of those really bad, so delicious videos (laughs) that you see online, (laughs) or like the Kalen reaction. So I mean, maybe fruit cake really sucked for a while, and now it's gotten better. I have some friends who are obsessed with aspic, so Ooh. it's I'm disgusting. Sorry. I'm they sorry for them. literally what is that? It's like a different kind of jello, essentially, but it's like thicker. Oh. So whenever you see like the spaghettios in the mold, that's an aspic. Yeah, yeah and like the mid-century aspics, a lot of them had like meat in them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> essentially, it was a way to like preserve food to make it look nice or weird decorative. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what what was it? It was like the most. Oh, it was an ambrosia salad, but but they made an aspic oh. out of it. And the whole thing about ambrosia salad is it's very light and whipped and creamy, yeah. and make that dense and hard and chewy. Yeah. I was so upset. I got sick eating it, and I will never forgive my friend Janice for making <laughs> it. I still don't like you for it. <laughs> I'm. Oh my god, for Janice. <laughs> Um, I'm not a huge fan of Jello, but I did grow up eating a fair amount of it, and it was a tradition at my grandmother's house every Christmas. And she still does this every Christmas. She makes Knox blocks, which have either of you heard of Knox blocks before? I don't know no. what like where no. that's specifically from. It's literally just like cubed Jello, like little cubes of Jello, and she usually does like a batch of lime and a batch of strawberry, whatever a red flavor is, and so it's like red and green, and it's just little bite-sized pieces of Jello, but there will be like a tub or like a giant bowl full of them but Knox boxes that's like kind of Christmas to me but I'd never make it for myself so yeah I don't like jello like when I was watching like whenever I watch the Great British Bake Off and they have like jelly stuff I'm like get out of here okay this is a, an anti-jello <laughs> this that's, is an anti-jello uh, podcast so get out of here I'm glad we all agree on this <laughs> yeah um next up we get our first glimpse of peewee at least the first glimpse in this special of peewee's little like video conference phone booth thing he has which is pretty much a very ahead of its time i thought i feel like like it's so funny skype booth yeah it's so funny because i feel like video conferencing is the most like uh i guess like predicted technology out of anything because i feel Mm -hmm. like this pops up all the time in old stuff like where they're like oh someday we'll be able to talk to somebody with a video like and it's just weird to me that this was such a common thing that people because you know everyone also said flying cars would be a thing and clearly we're not anywhere near flying cars but uh right i don't want that people suck already i know yes that's true um but you know it's just funny to me that video conferencing is like such a like predicted it's in so many older things like where they like show video conferencing so right and here we are here we are video conferencing right now is great you know of course it's like fun and like decorate on Mm -hmm. the outside and inside his he speaks through a little can on a string like that's how he receiver for it but then he has the video interface as well. But he also has like the little pull down backgrounds behind him that he changes when he gets in. Like one's like the Rockefeller Plaza and there's another one that he has for Christmas. Um, but the first call he gets is Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. in all her glory. And she's trying, she wants to be on the special. And he's, she says he's booked for the year and for the next year for the Christmas special and that he can maybe pencil her <laughs> in for two years from now, which I'm like, it's Whoopi Goldberg. Like she right. should be the star of the special. <laughs> Can I say, I was kind of offended that Whoopi Goldberg, and then later on Oprah Winfrey, he kind of pushed to the side in his calls, and I was like, Pee-wee, what you doing right now? Yeah, I mean, it's not a good, not a good trend, no. It's not a good look. I mean, I feel like it's kind of the joke is that both of them are, like, some of the more famous people, so, like... Yeah. So it's... I mean, everyone, there's a lot of big names in this, but, uh, yeah, it is... Yeah, I think not at the time it was like, oh, well, we can't get Whoopi to be on the thing. But like, she was obviously a huge star at the time. She mm-hmm. was oh, yeah. big in comedy. She had done tons of movies yeah. already. Yeah. And Oprah was just, you know, Oprah. kind <laughs> of a the big biggest deal, TV personality. You know? <laughs> yeah. I love Oprah's 80 hair like that. Oh, yeah. It's so it good. looks so good. My Sorry. mom hates Oprah. Sorry, mom. We're talking about Oprah. Well, then we're going to talk about her some more. <laughs> <laughs> Switch the podcast now. <laughs> So after this, we jump into Magic Screen, who is like 
another character who's just a scream that he jumps into to kind of have like a uh, live action and animation collaboration <laughs> stuff happening. Um, but I love how cheesy this is because Magic Johnson is a special guest in this one. He just yes, he just goes, so look, good. it's Magic Johnson. Johnson. And then they yeah. get in the sleigh together. <laughs> and then he's like, how did you get here? And then Magic Johnson's like, oh, me and Magic Screen are cousins. <laughs> and I love that whole idea that like, this inanimate object is cousins with a basketball player. It's so yeah. good. It was the first time in the special I laughed out loud because I yeah. thought that joke was so funny. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's so good. I'm basically the like write a, a drawing of like a sleigh through this. It's forgettable, yeah. but like it is great for Magic Johnson. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, My next beat, I just have to put out there. It, the zombie thing is cringe. Like it's problematic. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about zombie much. It's a caricature of, you know, a different culture and we don't stand for that peewee then gets a very large mysterious pa- rita the male lady comes and she's like so cute i love her i know um, i love rita she, so she also comes uh she of course has a uh fruitcake for peewee but then she also <laughs> delivers this very large mysterious box for peewee um and lo and behold inside <laughs> is grace jones and she sings the only to me, this is the only acceptable cover of Little Drummer Boy that I've ever heard. I hate that song so much, but this one, I this one slaps. It's so good. <laughs> Casey like tried to say five things at the same time. <laughs> My brain shorted out because I was like, "There's so much overload." I love yeah. Grace Jones, um, but I will say before, have you heard BB Zahara Benet's version of Little Drummer no. Boy? You need to look it up because she gets into it and it's so good. I hate that song too. Uh huh. But her version was so good. Okay. But Grace Jones, I oh. will say, blows her out of the water because it's Grace Jones. Yeah. And I just, I can't. <laughs> the... She has such a weird, like, this is the epitome of 80s weirdness. Like, Grace Jones is so high art. And she's wearing this, like, weird, like, sculpted plastic yeah, chest plate, thing, basically. And, like, this weird head thing that's almost kind of like, I don't know, like, almost Egyptian or something. The chest plate is 100% connected to, like, this big, beautiful skirt yeah. yeah, that has, like, an ornate trim on it, too, that I'm just like, this is a wonderful dress. Oh, and it zips up the front. Yeah, the chest plate uh-huh. does. Of, like, the it's, chest yeah, piece. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah, I, so I looked at it, and I was like, oh, my God, she looks like an alien goddess. And she is an alien goddess. Like, <laughs> then Vince was like, yeah, she was being shipped to the White House because she wants to start a war. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that is, the, the joke is that, oh, she wasn't supposed to come to PB's Playhouse. They misread the thing and it's supposed to go to the White House, which is, like, what the hell is going on there? Because yeah. that would have been Bush Sr. And, like, what the fuck would he want with Grace Jones? Like, racist-ass motherfucker. She's going there to start a war. I hope so. With America. I hope so. From her alien planet. Uh, we need we need that timeline. I want to see that timeline. If Grace also, Jones had taken over. <sighs> Grace Jones in a room is just gay energy. I don't care what oh, anyone says. This, I mean, this whole episode has so much gay energy. Ooh. Yeah. Jeez. I I lived and breathed. This was my favorite part of the entire thing was just oh, yeah. Grace Jones. It they is, could have stopped for 40 minutes line. on Grace Jones and I would have been like, this was a beautiful And it special. was like so serious when she was singing Little Drum. Like it wasn't like funny at all. Like she wasn't being funny. Oh, yeah. It's just her so like straight up singing. And I don't know. It was it was pretty wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I think she recognizes yeah. that she is campy, but like, she's also mm-hmm. very like earnest about it, which I yeah. appreciate. It's so effortless. She, yeah. I can't. Some people are just better than everyone else, and Grace Jones is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Our next bit is uh, we meet Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon, who just happened to be there <laughs> and get swindled into yes! doing slave labor for Pee Wee. They he makes them make five hundred greeting cards each. And they give, like, a small tutorial about how to do, like, a potato stamp and, like, some toothbrush shit. Like, they're cute. They're, like, fun personalities. But they're just, like, being conned into doing work for Pee-wee for no money. I I like when uh, Pee-wee's like, well, just don't use that toothbrush unless you wash it. And then, like, Frankie Avalon shows the potato thing. And she goes, don't eat that potato without washing it off. Yeah. And she has, like, the green teeth. Yeah. 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 It is really like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our next special guest, which is, I'm sure this is Isaiah's favorite part, is Cher. Like, yes. Cher being the most iconic Cher <laughs> possible. She's in this, like, sheer black dress, which looks great on her. And this is really funny because this is 1988. So this would have been 
right after she won the Oscar for Moonstruck. So like mm. she wins an Oscar for Moonstruck, has like one of the biggest comebacks of her career, and then goes on Pee-wee's Playhouse for the Christmas special. It's so good. Great. And she doesn't even do anything like she um is part of the word of the day segment, which they have in every episode where there's a word that if you ever say it, like everyone in the playhouse just screams. Mm-hmm. And she like introduces the word and she has a cute little like ah where she screams. But that's about it. And then she just leaves. Um, I, I swear she was probably on set that day for like a half an hour tops. And it was beautiful. It was. Oh, perfect. it was. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like I the word of the day is one thing. I think if you ever watch Pee Wee's Playhouse will always stand out. Mm-hmm. of just like you have to yell as soon as yeah. they say the word. And so for Cher to introduce it, I was like, thank you. This is what yeah. my gay heart needs. This was for the gays <laughs> before they realized it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, we go into um, the King of Cartoons comes and introduces a cartoon. And on the TV before the cartoon, we have another cameo from Joan Rivers, who's on the TV on the Hollywood Square set for some reason. And she basically she basically just says hi to Pee Wee. And she uh, has the best sweater of all and time. Then- thank you. She does. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. I <laughs> It's like a batwing sweater that says Merry Christmas in sequence <laughs> on the bottom. It's so good. Yeah. Ugh, I appreciate John. it. Um the the Sorry, cartoon that so shows enthusiastic. No, you're fine. The cartoon that shows after it is like it's cute, it's whatever. It's this dude who like I mean it's cute and creepy at the same time. It's this guy who like breaks into an orphanage and makes toys for all the orphans out of like shit laying around. Is that what he was doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What I did was, you think he was doing? I was confused. Well, he dressed up like Santa, and I was like, "Is this just him making like Christmas decorations out of like I guess it's Christmas decorations out of stuff?" But I was like, "Yeah, he didn't like he did like the tree out of the umbrellas, but he didn't like set up the tree." They showed him making it, and then he jumped to another thing, and I was like, "Is this just like weird Christmas imagery out of stuff?" I don't know. I I was confused. So Pee Wee looks outside and it's starting to snow. He's very excited. He runs out. He has a big snowsuit on. We meet Cowboy Curtis, who, as we say, is also an icon in his purple and pink winter ensemble. <laughs> uh, once again, this is Lawrence so Fishburne. And oh, wait. And this is when Pee Wee's in his snowsuit. Yeah, yeah, his big green puffy snowsuit. And I love that snowsuit. Yeah. It's I knew you would. I'm sorry. It's so good. I, it just looks so cute and adorable. I love it. And he, like, because he doesn't even look like a human anymore. No. It's like the the way that the snowsuit works is like, it's just, I don't know. I just yeah, it's like a one it. piece it's, big. It's what a kid, you know, would get shoved. Think of um, yeah. Ralphie's brother in A Christmas Story, like when he's oh, in yeah, like, a big sure. snowsuit. I mean, Pee Wee can and move a little bit better. he's got the red hat. But, yeah. Um, and like his boots aren't like laced up or anything. I don't know. He yeah. just looks so yeah. adorable. <laughs> he is cute. Uh, Watching it, I was like, Liz is going to love this outfit. <laughs> and you're like, we do know each other very well. Uh, they also introduce <laughs> they introduce the Del Rubio triplets, which was a I know they, they've had like a very long career. Yeah. Um, there's just these blonde kind of middle aged older women in these very short skirts that all play They're the guitar. They're so short. They're so I short. I thought they were. Yeah. Are they shorts though? I think they might be shorts. They might have been like a score. They might be like, and the front looks like it's a solid piece. But I was trying to see if they were shorts, and they looked like skirts. It looked like they were the miniest of mini skirts. It was <laughs> like if they had turned around at some point, you would have seen the bottom of butt cheek. Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. I think that's why they filmed it from a higher angle most of the time because they're like <laughs> it's likely they probably showed up with those outfits and they were like, "Oh shit, what do we do?" They're like they're vagging out, like they need to get that <laughs> under control. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. Iconic. I was well, like, yeah. "Yes, it's ridiculous." Uh, They'd seen a very underwhelming cover of uh, what is it, Winter Wonderland? Yeah, they didn't even need to do a good performance. Their blue eyeshadow is doing all the work for them. <laughs> They're giving off. They're giving off such big like Miranda sings energy because like they, when they hold notes, they're like uh, like they're not great singers. It's just this. It's this very like old school fascination with like oh, there's three identical people. They're all sisters and they can all sort of play guitar and sing and carry a tune. Like that was entertainment to people, so they've had a career, I guess. But where is their stage musical based on their lives? I'd watch that. Uh, yeah, especially if they wore these outfits. Oh my god. Think of all uh, the outfits we could put in that show. They're all just mini skirts <laughs> with tube tops. We'll have to work on that. Okay. Uh, okay. 
After that, we uh, Pee Wee wants to go ice skating and runs into bisexual alien Little Richard on the frozen <laughs> pond. And that is a that bisexual alien is a reference to Broad City because that is one of the most accurate reads of Little Richard I've ever heard. Um, he's in full form. He's so good. He's screaming because he can't skate. He's just like, ah, I can't do this. <laughs> it's so good. He belongs mm-hmm. on a kid's show. Like, he fit oh, in yeah. perfectly with this it, to an absurd degree. Yeah, I always have this. Um, I feel like I'm one of the only people who actually know this video, but there was a music video for uh, the children's version of On Top of Old Smokey, which is On Top of Spaghetti, which for Little Richard sings that used to show on the Disney Channel, like on commercial breaks. It was very bizarre. But I used to love that as a kid. Um, but yeah, Little Richard. I only know on top of Spaghetti because I used to have a Casio keyboard and that was one of the demo versions it had with lyrics in the little book it came with. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I feel like that's why you were like this. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I never learned how to play that keyboard. I only played the demos and just would like set out and vibe out to the demo music. I mean, yeah, Pee Wee fakes being a good skater he has a body double um that's that segment <laughs> yeah uh then we go back inside tv's playhouse we get another gay icon katie lang in a fantastic denim dress singing the most ridiculous version of uh, jingle bell rock known to man yes it's such a weirdly like not fast version of jingle it's bell. crazy i don't know it doesn't yeah, feel it's just that. all over the place and it's amazing it just doesn't feel like this normal tempo i guess is what well she has so much energy like maybe it is like normal tempo but she has so much energy running around that it feels (laughs) like you're on drugs (laughs) also give her some new shoes because like her shoes were like really (laughs) dirty and gross like i was like i didn't even i don't know i just felt like she needed some new like her whole outfit was so like sparkly and fun and then like you go to her shoes and they're like these white shoes that look like they've been worn for like four years and like i don't know oh probably see and i had a feeling she showed up to like set and they had a different outfit for her to be like yeah you're doing jingle bell rock you're gonna sing it like this and she's like no there's a sparkly dress over there and i kind of want to wear that instead and i guess just throw those shoes on it's fine well it's just the dress is like a denim dress like long skirt dress that has like sparkly snowflake applique over it like yeah. that's pretty much it it's it's, it's it. weird well and it's huge yeah. on her it is yeah. it's like five sizes too big for her and then it's just belted to be like, like it's i fine. almost feel like there she was trying to go for like some elvis energy with it like but it was like mm. weird. i don't know it didn't matter it was a i don't know what that performance was but it was weirding me out oh it's i so mean fun. yeah it I was love fun but like it was weird as hell her cover i don't think is good her performance, I think, was magical. <laughs> yeah. I I also wanted to point out that I wrote down that she's giving um, the energy of the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors. Because she's just mm-hmm. like, like, it's like she did Laughing yes. Gas before she came in. Because she's just cackling and like running around like crazy. Uh, and then she goes into that falsetto at the end, which gets me every time. God bless Katie Lang. Ridiculous. And then she just chats with some puppets for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, our next bit is we get a penny cartoon, which is like cute or whatever. And it normally would be forgettable, but I only wanted to bring it up because that's kind of the origins of Hey Arnold. Um, he was like a character in the the penny cartoons. So if you ever want the, the origin story of our very first episode, it was uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse in this claymation short. Yeah. yeah, I like this little short. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's cute. It's just like a little kid talking about Christmas and getting a dress. Her voice is hilarious. Like the the like voiceover for her character, yeah. it was like killing me. I don't know. I loved it. She seems really spoiled and like a super privileged kid. And I was like, please don't brag about your ballroom that you got to decorate, and then you got a fancy ass dress. Okay, get out of here. <laughs> Casey wants to roll out the Christmas guillotine. I do. Okay, <laughs> eat the rich. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Pee Wee returns to his video conference booth um, to get a call from Dinah Shore, who wants to sing him the 12 Days of Christmas, which she continues to do for the entire rest of the episode. And he kind of just like avoids her. Like he well, just yeah, like, he puts in a fake He puts up Pee-wee. a dummy. Yeah. yeah. Like a dummy Pee Wee in the booth. And like she just sings to it for the rest of the episode. It's very funny. Doesn't she but get to she like 500 gets... days or something? I feel like was the last it's one. Something crazy. Yeah. On. <laughs> she gets yeah. interrupted though. She gets um, 
uh, put on hold by Oprah, though. Oprah does call yes. during her uh, first bit of this, and he talks to Oprah, who she just wishes him a Merry Christmas. But, um, but then we get to meet Ricardo, who is such a little dreamboat. He's so handsome, and he's trying to teach. I mean, Pee Wee's being super ignorant at this point. He's trying to teach him how to say Feliz Navidad, yeah. and Pee Wee just cannot be bothered to learn the word. But then uh, Ricardo explains how they celebrate uh, where he's from with a piñata. And then Pee-Wee goes to break the piñata while being accompanied by Charo singing Feliz yes. Navidad. And it and is... Charo is so great. I love Charo. Charo is a super like, cultural she's icon. So and yeah. just... I Anytime Charo... Charo should be like a guest star on way more things. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, how is she so not just like on everything? I love fun, her. <laughs> and her outfit is also very great. And yeah. she has that little sparkly beret on. It's so <laughs> but cute. it's not even like a beret because it's pulled and stretched as far as it can. So it's like just a ball on her head. Yeah. But it and works. Her hair is so crimped. freaking crimped. It's so it's crimped. I love crimped it. For days. Oh my gosh. Like, every single strand is crimped. So it's like huge. Yeah, her and hair it's is beautiful. Ginormous. I love it. Yeah. It works for her. Um, but can we just jump back and mm-hmm. I just want to swoon over Ricardo. Like Go I was just it. like, swoon he's away. such a dreamboat. So and cute. like, yes, Wee was super problematic, but I have to say the only good thing about this stupid bit is that we just got to look at Ricardo's face like so much more <laughs> than we normally would. Yeah. Cause it just closed up on him and be like, Felice might be done. And I was like, just, just let him talk. Let the man talk so I can look at his face. <laughs> I'm all for how, uh, how the shows in like the 80s and 90s tried to be inclusive even if they were slightly problematic and how they did that like they were still exposing kids to like different cultures mm-hmm. and uh i appreciated that it's just Wee's being kind of a little jerk at this point which like Wee is a spoiled little brat and that's kind of the point of the show is that he's just he always like has to learn a lesson and you know expand his mind see the problem I'm having right now is you're trying to have a serious conversation about race and ignorance and mm-hmm. i'm just trying to talk about ricardo's mm-hmm. beautiful face I mean, and I'm fine. a little upset right now. <laughs> just keep just keep thinking of his face. Okay, I'm back to my happy <laughs> place. We're fine. <laughs> Following this, we also get another uh, cultural touchstone where we meet Miss Renee, who is giving full drag energy with her uh, mm-hmm. eyeliner and everything. But Renee very bluntly exclaims that she doesn't celebrate Christmas because she's Jewish and yeah. she celebrates Hanukkah. And then she turns straight to the camera and goes, okay, kids, this is the Hanukkah segment. <laughs> So good. Disappointingly short lived, like the little segment. She basically sings the dreidel song once, um, but still, like I appreciate it for all that it is. And but, she explains okay, it does cut into that dinosaur. Yes, yeah, I was going to get to that. There's a little claymation. The dreidel spins to a hole in the wall, and there's these little claymation dinosaurs that are Jewish dinosaurs that live in there, and they're celebrating Hanukkah, them. and it's super cute. I would I die for those dinosaurs. So much. Um, I also just want to point out her beautiful menorah earrings that were giant and so (laughs) cool. I love. I also like her under, um, like her lower lashes that were like the super sixties lower lashes. Like, yeah, I was really into that. I was like, get it, girl. (laughs) She looks great. I wonder, like, she's like in the same universe as Miss Yvonne. Like, I wonder if there's like some relation between them because they are just so ridiculous together. Well, they totally have, like, a show they host together after Wee's show. Like, they go to a drag oh, yeah. bar, and they're, like, the host of a drag They're, like, bar. the oh, one o'clock go. number. Uh, uh, the Wee, they learn about the true meaning of Christmas, like, next. During this, wait, it's, like, a weird little kids pageant that's filmed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, like, stock footage of these kids doing a Christmas pageant at church. It's bizarre. I don't know. All I gotta say is that I hate this puppet. I hate him so much. He's... Yeah, he's a little he's hideous, and he like isn't nice. I just hate him. Um, same, same though. <laughs> it's fine. His name's irrelevant. He's a piece of shit. That's it. <laughs> that's that's the point. Okay. Um, now we get to the point. Uh, someone asked P what he's gonna do with his large collection of fruitcakes that he's been gifted. Uh, and Pee Wee says, oh, it's not a problem because I've decided to build an extension onto the playhouse. <laughs> and he opens this door where this room is being built using these fruitcakes like cinder blocks, basically. But the best part of this is there's these really hunky construction guys that are building it. One's in this like muscle shirt, like tank top uh, with great arms. And then another one climbs down a ladder and is completely shirtless <laughs> with like a tattoo on his arm to like get another fruitcake. And... <laughs> 
I have never seen anything so gay on a children's <laughs> television show. So gay. And we've already gone through like Miss Yvonne and Little Richard and the Del Rubio triplets and Grace Jones. Like, how can this and, get any crazier? And my love for Ricardo. We already went oh, through yeah, that too. <laughs> obviously. I mean, I don't think Ricardo himself exudes gay energy, but this part, like, my gay energy gay. towards Ricardo is so strong that it transcends time. <laughs> It transcends time and space. There's a rift in the time-space continuum. Um, also, I'm pretty sure the construction worker's name is Roland. If you could just give him some respect. <laughs> Casey knows where he lives now. <laughs> Roland. Roland, Casey's going to pay you a visit tonight. Yeah, I don't. That part is very iconic to me. And it's literally like a 10-second bit. It's Yeah. I was, I so was, good. Well, and Liz and I were kind of talking about this before we recorded, but this was truly the moment where I was watching. I was like, I love this. Wait, who is this for? Yeah, I like. <laughs> I literally asked Blair, for? I was like, is this show like for kids or for adults? Like, I don't understand. Because <laughs> like when I was watching, I mean, as, when Miss Yvonne came on for the first time and the whole like Flory thing, I was like, is uh-huh. this for kids? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I think that they definitely held on to a lot of their kind of adult humor that they founded the show with. Yeah. Um, but I also think like, I feel like there's a lot of things back in the 80s and 90s, when I look back at them, that I'm like, oh, those weren't like children's jokes. Those were definitely jokes oh, yeah. for the parents. Um, and they've obviously, I think a lot of it has been you scrubbed squeaky clean for what are true kid shows nowadays. Like you have some movies that are kid child oriented that have adult jokes but like most child oriented television is very neutered i guess yeah well i feel like adult jokes now are just like it's the smarter humor in the kids show whereas Mm -hmm. adult jokes then were like horny yeah like it's just horny energy and that's it (laughs) (laughs) you're so right yeah so we're like wrapping up the episode santa ends up coming to the playhouse and says that he uh, brought everything PB asked for, but because he did, there were literally no toys for any other kids in the world. Which Pee Wee has a moment where he's like, "That's awesome." Then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> I mean, he does." He's like, "Yeah, okay, he's literally cool. like, well, sorry that didn't work out." Uh, yeah, <laughs> give me all my presents. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone else, all of the other like reoccurring characters, are like Pee Wee, and he has to be like, oh, "Okay, I guess I've learned a lesson." So he gets to ride in santa's sleigh to help him give away all the presents to all the other children in the world and that's kind of the end of the episode um he rides out in his sleigh and they show the credits but then at the end of the credits we cut back to poor dinah shore who is still singing the 12 days of christmas (laughs) in the phone booth which is really funny um but yeah i did like that the 19th day of christmas was like nachos or something like one of them is like bodybuilders which is really it's like 17 bodybuilders yeah (laughs) Gay energy. Like 19 gay plates energy. of nachos. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds like a great Christmas party. Like, I'm into that. I know. I want everything that's past 12, you know? Right? Yeah. That's when you get to the good shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need geese laying. I don't need lords leaping. No. Well, did you guys have a good time watching it? It was. It was a lot of fun. Uh... <laughs> I don't think I... you can say that this it, it's not fun to watch. It is. It's fun. I mean, it was a fun... Like... I don't know what experience i had but i don't think it was bad i no. just don't know if it was fun i think there was more confusion uh <laughs> that's half the fun for me honestly it was confused and horny energy half the time which led to more confusion so yeah <laughs> i want to know what each of your favorite uh celebrity guest star was in this special because i think charo there, there's a there's a lot of them that are like Charo's on par with favorite. each other <laughs> okay charo um, I feel like I already made mine known, which, despite the beautiful men, would be Grace Jones. I yeah. love Grace Jones. Grace Jones. She's she's fantastic. I would have to say Grace Jones or Little Richard. Little Richard is so good. Though I will, C- Casey, I'll cut you some slack by uh, letting you answer the question of who is your favorite, like, Wee's Playhouse reoccurring <laughs> character, which you can easily say is going to be Ricardo, right? I guess, because the construction guy doesn't come back. So yeah, Ricardo. No. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah, it's Ricardo, of course. Liz, do you oh have gosh. a favorite like core cast character? Uh, the male. What's the male girl's name? Rita. Yeah. Rita. Yeah, I do love Rita. She is I super like cute. Her. Yeah, uh, Ricardo is super cute, and he seems really nice. And also, Miss Yvonne is just an icon. Also, I didn't mention this because it was a short little bit, but um, we meet the Countess, who is a very like fancy cow puppet. 
um, who also oh, yeah, is hanging yeah, out yeah. with Zsa Zsa Gabor, who we yeah. meet Zsa Zsa Gabor first. It's this special is all over the place. Which I didn't realize she's, I looked her up for a hot second on Wikipedia and she's been married like nine times or was married. She passed away good in 2016. Her. I know. Not I was just good like, for her that she passed away, but good for her. That she... <laughs> <laughs> good for her that she's not around for 2020, uh, right? Jealous. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There we have it. I highly recommend this to anyone um, who wants something festive to watch this holiday season. It, Like I said, it's 47 minutes of nonstop breakneck whiplashes because you'll be like, wait, who now? And another person? And it's it's wild, who but now? I think it's a lot of fun. Who now? <laughs> Hoot nanny. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say about it. It's it's a ride. It, yeah. it, is. it is. It's a wild ride. Yeah, I think this definitely encapsulates like my sense of humor and my kind of like it definitely speaks to my short attention span and impossible ADHD. Um, that's not not been diagnosed whatsoever, but um, that's why you're like this. That's that would be why I'm like this. Before we wrap up the podcast, I would like to let you know we do have a visual companion to accompany this episode. You can find it on Twitter at Why Am I Like This. Instagram at Why Am I Like This Podcast, or Facebook on our Generation Why Am I Like This fan page. If you would like to reach out to us, we also have an email, which is whyamilikethis at gmail.com. And please don't forget to like, rate, review, subscribe, anything you can do uh, to give us a small boost in any uh, podcast marketplace that you might use. And like our pictures on Instagram if you can, and Facebook, all that fun stuff. And now, let's talk about some many good things. What do you guys have to talk about this week? So my many good thing this week is that a couple of days ago, uh, Vince and I went to an Italian bakery mm. down the street mm. and we spent $19 and got so much stuff. We got <laughs> cannolis. We got cream puffs. We each got a slice of cake. We also got a loaf of bread. We got so many delicious, wonderful things. And I've been so happy with it all. And I'm very jealous whenever you it, talk about them. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to go again because the bread was so cheap and it was amazing. So I'm just going to live on my bread high for a few days. Um, but we that's my carbs. many good thing. We oh, we carbs. love a good carb. Yeah. So many carbs. That's all it was. I live on carbs and sweet carbs. cream. Carbs. <laughs> all right, Liz, what about you? Um, So I'm going to go with something that is a little bit, uh, I guess it's a little bit past time, but that's okay um and recommend the game paradise killer um it is a i i got it on the switch but i believe it's available on almost everything um and it's an open world detective solving game but it is the weirdest open world detective solving like detective mystery solving game ever i mean like it is not normal at all which is why i feel like it's a good uh wreck on this peewee episode um, I was going to say, like, the thirst level in the game that yeah. you described. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the game itself is so weird. It's like, you're on this island called Paradise, and it's the 24th reboot of the island, and they have to reboot it every time there's some sort of, like, demonic possession or something on the island. And right before they were uh, rebooting it to 25, which was supposed to be perfect 25, like, it was going to be the perfect uh reboot of the island where they wouldn't have to reboot anymore right before they rebooted the entire council gets murdered and so you are a character named lady love dies and you have to uh (laughs) solve the murder um and like you have to go around and ask people about it you walk around the open world which i love the vibe of the game it's like so like i don't know how to describe it better than like it almost reminds me of like something that would be on windows like 95 like the vibes are like really (laughs) 90s-esque yeah the pictures and videos i've seen feels like the screensaver where you're in yes it's very Um, but i mean the open world is amazing and i i don't want to say like that it's windows 95 like bad like in a bad way it's in a great way like the open world aspect is really cool um and you like i found stuff that i wasn't expecting to find you know like at one point i find this huge like place where they sacrifice uh humans to appease the gods and like that whole area was dope (laughs) i don't know it's like a wild game um but i highly recommend it it's super fun nice i guess i'm up now uh i have two quick things i'm going to talk about the first is a book i'm reading currently 
Uh, I'm not finished with it, so I can't speak to how it ends, but I'm really loving it so far. It is called The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin. Uh, It's a sci-fi book set in New York City about um, kind of the city is its current day, but the city is finally being born as a, a real like worldly city. Um, and there's these kind of human avatars for each borough in the city, and they have to fight this big evil force that's trying to destroy the city. And uh, I've never read a book by this author before, but it's really great so far, and I'm definitely looking forward to reading more of the work. Um, once again, that's The City We Became by N.K. Jemison. I love it. Uh, and second, I recently received a sweater that I ordered many weeks ago. Uh, I had been craving a big kind of chunky cable knit sweater, um, you know, in that classic off-white color. A la When Harry Met Sally. That's your specific reference that you used. Yeah, that was the inciting incident. I watched When Harry Met Sally with Isaiah and um, Billy Crystal wears it uh, in a nice outfit with some light wash jeans and some boots. And I wanted it. And I ordered it from H&M, which I know isn't... deal probably since they're fast fashion but it seems like it's really good quality and hopefully it'll last me a long time and it's very cozy and i've worn it for two days straight now but uh <laughs> <laughs> so be it i have an undershirt on so hopefully it doesn't get steamy yeah, too there you fast. Go. <laughs> all right folks that's the end of this episode join us next week when casey will be talking about my favorite christmas movie of all time a muppet christmas carol yay i'm so excited <laughs> All All right. right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.